Welcome to the family with Alex Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, Melissa Bernard. There are a couple of other stiffs in here too, aren't there? Yeah, they can't hear you though. Oh, they can't. No, they're yeah, in their pop-up on. tent they're watching something, so Main they'll Street. be quiet. They're relaxing. They're in the good. pop-up tent in the studio. Well, I wanted <laughs> yeah. them to be quiet because last time I brought them in, it was flipping mayhem. So mayhem, watching, I say. Watching the Magic School Bus in a tent. Oh, good. Haley Hasselhoff's on, and Mike Brody's going to be in studio. That's pretty damn cool. Woo-hoo. That's a good lineup oh. right there. Mm-hmm. We shall take a break. Be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tommy, it's quiz time. Ooh, I love quiz time. Let me guess. Breck called and they want their diploma back. Easy. I earned that fair and square. In fact, it's right. Ah, well, look what you made me do. Sorry. So what's the question? So you've heard about the new car inventory shortages, right? Yeah, you've mentioned it about a million times. Guess how many 2021 Rogues we have in stock at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan? Mm, seven. Close. The actual number is 209. A lot of Nissan dealers are really low, but we're in good shape for the next month or so. So there's no reason to hurry? That's not great messaging. How about don't dawdle? There's a word you don't hear often there, Monty Burns. Yeah, funny. Anyway, the all-new 2021 Rogue is a great vehicle, and we're lucky enough to have a bunch. We've got great leases, and they all come with Walzer Care, which is a 10-year warranty for free. But wait, there's more. Read this. Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan want your trade and will give you an extra $1,000. That's pretty cool. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or WalzerNissan.com for details. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we provide a unique experience for our business banking customers that can't be found at the big banks. Our customers appreciate our high-touch, high-tech approach where they get all the benefits of working with a local bank. Our team will get to know your business and its unique challenges while still offering all of the online and mobile banking options you will find at the big banks. Also, when your business banks with North American Banking Company, you'll be working with an experienced team of lenders who know this marketplace and will be ready to help your business capitalize on any opportunity or solve any problem. You add it all up, North American Banking Company is a better banking experience. Excuse me, you uh, do mind if I jump in here? Well, Tommy, if you feel the need, go ahead. (sighs) Amateurs. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. We're rocking out, man. We are, man. That's all I know. Ladies and gentlemen, 
new podcast, Redefined You. It started on June 24th, available on most podcast platforms. Haley Hasselhoff. How you doing, Haley? I'm good. How are you? Marvelous now that you're here. Marvelous. <laughs> See? See, now we're talking. Inspired by Haley's own mental health struggles and personal journey, the podcast will feature conversations with wellness practitioners and special... By the way... You came to the right place, man. You want to talk mental illness, my family. I can stand shoulder to shoulder with you, Haley. Hey. Not you, my <laughs> birth family. My wife thought I was talking about her, Haley. Excuse me? No, Haley, to, 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 to straighten it away and let you know what I'm talking about is my father was institutionalized when I was seven years old for several years, and then he kind of just disappeared. Uh, and he was taken away in a straitjacket, so that was a thrill, uh, thrill Haley. So uh, I, I pretty much... Yeah, they don't do that anymore. No, they don't. Well, he, yeah, they strapped him to a gurney on top of it. They put him in a straitjacket and strapped him to a gurney. and That's not something a seven-year-old should see, Haley, I'll tell you that. Mm. Well, I think that's the whole point of you know, the podcast is also to sort of break away stigmas within mental health and the, the difference between mental health versus mental illness. And really recognizing that 615 million people globally deal with a mental health condition and that that's okay. Um, you know, and if we can start to try to destigmatize the conversations that we have with one another, that it'll hopefully help before our crisis hits. So, you know, I know that your experience is, is, is valuable just like everybody else's. Yeah. I'm sure that, that was very daunting at that age. But if we can start to have people understand that we all go through it. Um, and to have those conversations with one another in a vulnerable way, I think it's a, a beautiful step forward. I agree with you, Haley. I think it, it, it is very helpful to everybody. The one thing it did for me, and I, I do want to talk to you about what it did for you, not just, you know, the struggles of going through it yeah. all, the health, mental health struggles, but what it actually did for you, because I will tell you what it did for me and my wife and children are both here. Yeah. Uh, daughter-in-law's here. They're hey. all here. Andy, Hello. Andy and Melissa, Alex, and my lovely wife, Catherine. What it did for me, Haley, is I never give up anymore. If I need to do something and it needs to get done, I will not give up, uh, which... I can testify. <laughs> Catherine can testify. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly... So, Haley, good things can come of it if you approach it the right way, and I think your podcast is one of those good things. It's a great idea. It'll be very helpful for people. Well, I think it's just about being able to showcase that you can struggle and still succeed, that yep. you can deal with depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and still live a beautiful life. And I think that the more that people understand that, the more and less and fearful they're going to be about the feelings that arise. And I think the, the, the hardest thing, I think, for anybody is that when you are dealing with a mental health condition, it's feeling misunderstood. And when you feel misunderstood, you feel like you're alone. And when you feel alone, sometimes your thoughts can override to end up becoming a crisis, right? Yeah. So you want to stop that before that happens. So how do you do that? Well, let's start giving people faces to mental health conditions. Let's have people understand that we all struggle with it, just not a lot of us have spoken about it publicly for many, many years. So if we can start to rewrite it and showcase the people who are aspirational in their lives who do struggle, and they start to go, oh, wow, I had no idea that they struggled and still are, are achieving these aspirational goals that I have, then I can do that too. Then I'm okay to be in this position and still get to where I want to be. So the podcast is all about 
speaking to friends of mine in the industry about their ownership of self, their mental well-being journeys, but most importantly, how their struggles have brought them to their triumphs. What were their personal self-growth achievements? We always talk about professional achievements, so why don't we tap into your your personal achievements? We all have personal achievements, and we all evolve over time. And our mental health can surprise us at times, and I definitely think this past year it surprised all of us. We've all dealt with a collective anxiety of understanding another person and the humanity that we bring outside of somebody's label. So it's really important to start to have these conversations. And I just feel, I feel very grateful I was able to have these conversations at the beginning of lockdown on the Into the Live series that I started. And now it's obviously traveled to the podcast. So it helped me get through this time. And every time I listen back to, you know, the podcast and one of my friends speaking about their journeys, it just validates me and knowing that I'm okay to actually speak about my journey. And I'm okay that I have a troubling day. I'll get through it. And maybe their toolbox will help me in this one this one moment. You know, Haley, it's interesting you bring that up, and I, I agree with you 100%. You can. I know it's difficult to, to battle uh, mental illness in your family, in yourself, whatever the situation is. You could go either way, no, no question. Some people do just give up, unfortunately, which they should not do. But the other thing I, that my, my wife and my children can tell you is that the, the other thing it did for me, it made me never give up. But my wife and my children will tell you, I'm not afraid of anyone because what watching my father see and hear things that weren't there uh, terrified me. So nothing to me yeah. is that scary. So it actually, using those things, it was a great plus because nobody scares me anymore. It just doesn't, it hasn't happened since I was a little boy, to tell you the truth. And that, you gotta, that's what you got to do. Take the positive away from the, from the sadness and the sorrow. There are positives to be taken away. There are strengths to be taken away, and it's and that's exactly what you've done, Haley. I think it's also your life experience, yep. right? We yep. all have different life experiences, and um, you know, I mean, Tom, I don't know you well, but you seem like an amazing man because the fact that you've turned, you know, what you've gone through with your entire you know, childhood into a positive, into learning about it, and feeling like you want to be able to have a voice for somebody you may not have been able to write that voice because I'm sure that your father was a wonderful man besides, you know, his mental health struggles. And I think that's another thing that we're trying to project is that people have a perception of what bipolar disorder looks like or schizophrenia looks like. And when you start to actually put a face and a feeling towards the humanity towards that person, you start to not be fearful of people who deal with the condition and it allows for the people who deal with the condition to freely want to speak about it without shame and to take ownership and say, this is something that I deal with in my life, but it doesn't take away from the fact that I can still have a relationship with you and the love and the respect that I can still have as a person towards you, you know? Yeah, no question about it. Were you lucky enough? Because I was. I have, uh, my mother was around. I had uh, three older siblings, three younger siblings, and they, they for a long time, you know, the, the family's kind of drifted apart now because we've all gotten older, and there was a tremendous amount of sadness, so I do understand that. But but our family did come together, and, and a lot of times sitting around on a weekend just, you know, laughing and joking and singing and all the rest of it and just being together, and then once that period did pass, everybody kind of went their their own way, all the rest of it. But I, I would, I would assume Haley that your family around you was pretty strong, weren't they? Definitely. I mean, I th- I would say 
I would say that everybody in my family has dealt with some sense of anxiety. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's only normal. And I think that the beauty of my family, because they did deal with anxiety, is that they were always very vocal about it with us. And I think that that um, allowed me to not be fearful of my anxiety. It allowed me to not, you know, want to shy away from my emotions or feelings. I also have this beauty of being taught to cope with creativity at such a young age. And that's something that I am so thankful for. You know, my family knew that whenever I had social anxiety or anxiety, that me, you know, doing art or singing or acting or whatever, that that was my way of releasing my emotions and putting it into a positive. And then also in turn, feeling grounded in those emotions and not being fearful of them. So I had a great great support around me. I mean, my mom and my dad were just so beautiful growing up and understanding the challenges that I faced, and especially even with body image. You know, that's something that I speak about very often as being a curve model and getting into the industry of my own merit at 14 as a model. Um, you know, I, I had my family with me along the way. I was still underage, so they were coming with me to my auditions or my jobs, and, you know, they saw the struggles that I faced um, with my peers around my body, but then the triumphs that I faced when I was going to, you know, sets and being celebrated for my size at such a young age. And so there was always this sense of becoming a body activist and talking about body image in my story, which was always, I feel, a sliver to the bigger piece of what I'm speaking about now within my mental health journey when it comes to dealing with things like anxiety or social anxiety and depression moments in my life. I have a question. Um, I think that we have come an awfully long way with meds and with talking about mental disorders and mental illness and everything else. Because, I mean, back 30 years ago, I mean, if you had somebody that had anxiety or whatever, you either had people that just absolutely didn't recognize it and wouldn't talk about it. They were just weird. Yep. Or there were a lot of enablers who were trying to cover it up. You know, it was like, yeah, we've got the, you know, my dad has this and that or whatever, but we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to pretend everything's okay. Right, yeah. And that is really destructive to an entire family. Um, it, it turns everything into like a sick unit, doesn't it? I just think it's so important to speak openly with your family, isn't it? And especially now. I mean, there's studies that show that 96% of Americans are dealing with some sort of anxiety today. And that doesn't discriminate against age, right? So Mm -hmm. the younger generation, and I hate to, you know, go to this place, but the second leading cause of death in 18 to 25-year-olds is suicide so you know when we really break it down to the stats of why it's so important to speak about mental health conditions Mm -hmm. is because it allows for a freer space before it becomes a crisis because there is this sense of people not feeling like they have a safe space to talk about what they're feeling in that moment so they bottle it up and they don't know where to put it and then they feel alone and they feel misunderstood and if we can start to encourage more people to speak openly shamelessly about what they're feeling without feeling like they're going to get judged because Mm -hmm. the other person is also talking about their experiences, it allows for a freer space. And I definitely think that that's one of the biggest things when it comes to families and why I've been so blessed the way that I have 
is because we have always been so open. And I think that that is so important, especially now. You know, a lot of kids have been dealing with, and I'm, I, I mean, hey, the kids are in the room. Um, I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> they I'm, are. I don't, I don't know you guys' experiences and what the last year was like for you. What was it like for you? You know, do you feel like it was, it, it gave you different emotions having to do school online and things of that manner? Alex? Oh. Alex, I Andy. Do school online. Not no, like no, 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 no. Oh. All the rest of it, though. <laughs> I was like, I'm maybe, not... maybe you should get off your phone. What do you think? I didn't do school online. It's not what you have staffed. little kids. They... Oh, which oh, my, a good example question. right there. By the There's way, Haley, right our five-year-old granddaughter and three-year-old grandson are also here, and apparently the five-year-old, uh. the five-year-old has a question for you. If you can wait one <laughs> oh, second. <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's also interesting because um, I've got a father who's in an assisted living situation right now, and the anxiety that uh, the seniors felt through COVID yeah. was oh, yeah. really tough, and oh, there's yeah. a he lot. Was very, yeah. very anxious about that. Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't, you know, so many people were dying in senior facilities. Yep. And it w- and they were really locked down. I mean, they couldn't even see They're still people. pretty locked down. Yeah, there they are. It's, it was really tough on them, and there's been a lot more meds distributed because of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So. wow. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's a plain example that there's, we all are humans at the end of the day, and we all feel things. And it's the spectrum of how deeply we feel them and what is our own journey with it. And that's why I think the podcast is so beautiful, at least in my opinion. I've enjoyed having these wonderful conversations with people. You know, one of the episodes that we just had was with Sarah Haynes, who is you know the co-host on The View and also mm-hmm. the host of The Chase. And she talks so fearlessly and grounded within about her postpartum depression dealing with OCD tendencies, dealing with anxiety, and to listen to her speak about it with such conviction, yet still feels like you're listening to somebody that you aspire to be like. It's just a beautiful, beautiful marriage, and it's a beautiful thing to watch, and it just makes you feel like you can champion anything, because we all go through it. We just don't all publicly speak about it. So it's a beautiful thing that we can do it on a smaller spectrum of just speaking within your family or your friends and also using social media as a tool. I think that there's a lot of people talk harp on the negative side of social media, but there's also a positive side of social media as well because there's a place where you can find your niche or you can find your community of things that you're passionate about that are waiting and welcoming you with opening doors by saying, hey, come join the party. We want to celebrate you even if you don't feel... Like you may be an outcast in your community, we are a community waiting to hear from you and want to be able to celebrate you and let you know that it's okay to not be okay all the time, and we'll support you along the way. That makes total sense. Now, now Haley, I looked through your entire bio, and I guess I made an assumption that you are you're, you're related to David. I am indeed. That is my father. I thought so, but I wanted to make sure before I just threw it out there. What about that? The, to have such a famous father, and not just in America, but around the world, because even my children and my wife in, in the in town, I'm very well known in town, but not nationally, certainly not internationally, but in town. And you guys had some stress in your life because of that, right? I mean, the fact that your father was well known. It wasn't really stress. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me, I didn't know anything different. Growing right. Into yeah, a, exactly. You know, growing into a family that was, he, he was already very successful when I was born. So, 
um, you know, I, I didn't know anything different. What I did find from it was my love for the arts at sure. a very young age, which is something that I spoke about earlier, which I'm like so blessed for. Um, and I think every kid should have that opportunity in school to be able to explore their emotions through creativity. Um, but, you know, of course there were stresses of being in the public eye and having certain periods of our lives be on microscope and, yeah. you know, having to challenge those. And especially for somebody like myself going back to school and having those moments of, you know, having people have perceptions about you and your family without knowing you when you were just trying to navigate being right. a teenager. There's definitely differences in that. And, um, you know, I said before, you know, I had a blessing, though, because I became a curve model at such a young age where I got to understand the industry on my own side and to really help me through challenging years that we all face as teenagers when it comes to our body image and not looking like the person next to you or developing like the person next to you. Um, and, you know, my, my challenges definitely came as well from it being under a microscope, all those years of just developing as a teenager were, were always, you know, in the papers and, and kind of put for people's perceptions. But my family taught me in a very, very young age that the only thing that matters is your own sense of your own self, yeah. your family and your team, you know, and those, those are, those are your knit. And that, that's the group of people that you care for and that you, you understand that can give you that advice to understand who you are rather than, you know, getting validation from somebody outside of it or listening to other people's, you know, negative com comments. Because at the end of the day, people are always going to have a perception of you. But what matters is the perception of yourself. So where do you start there? How do you build there? Yep, that makes total sense. Andy, you, you were you mentioned it wasn't really stressful. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, it helps where I grew up, I think. You know, out in Dayton, everyone yeah, was true. a big Country, fan. Country, a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it all depends where you go because certain people uh, don't like certain other people depending on where you are. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Hallie, what, what Andy's trying to say, I think, is in town here, because I've been on the same morning show for 35 years now. It's been a long time. I do a morning show and this wow. show. And... Um, the feeling that we got, especially at its height, was people either loved me or mm -hmm. didn't. <laughs> you know, it was one of those kind of deals. Pretty much the world. Pretty much the world, I mm -hmm. suppose. So, so you guys never had stress with the fact that, that some people were, did not like me at all, and they would mention that to you, I assume? No, not to me. No? I you, mean, there were the few, like really wound up people where it was like well we have to have a cop outside our house because they're so yeah we did we have obsessive to have those times it was like well this is weird yeah that's, a, that's just how i grew up though so i didn't even really think too much of it did you guys even know i had, yeah. a, had a bodyguard for a while i didn't yeah see i didn't think you knew that i, I actually had to have a bodyguard for a <laughs> while because of threats and everything haley and the kids didn't even notice that he was there which is a great no. thing now looking back yeah you know what I'm, but I'm sure that you know, your father got to be so big. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people that were very resentful and had to mention that to you. I would imagine. You know, here and there, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I feel like my dad's very loved, and, and the shows yep. that he's done are very loved, yep. and so we've had a beautiful relationship with that, and being able to. <clears throat> 
understand his legacy behind his legacy and dad, you know, like there's like, there's, you know, for us, he's just a wonderful father. So we look at him as like his legacy of being our dad. And then we had to understand the legacy of his profession and the shows that he, um, you know, was on and the legacy that they built and the, the storylines that they touched so many people's different hearts. I mean, the wonderful thing I always look back is the two biggest shows that he did was always about being the hero, was always about saving somebody and helping yeah. another person. And so I think that's really um, related into the way that he's raised us as well, is always being able to give back and to, and to love. Of course, if there was ever somebody that would say anything negative about our dad, I think me and my sister were the first to, to stick up for him. Like we, were, we, we, never, we never really held back. I would say that. No question. I will tell you this, Haley, that I've interviewed your father several times over the years, and he's always been very gracious and a great guest yeah. to have on. And now after talking to you, he's also a terrific father. Oh, well, I mean, you, see, you guys seem like such a wonderful family, and it I is. It's, it's, it's cool for you to look back to your kids now and be like, hey, guys, what do you think now that you're adults? You know, what's, what's happened? How, what was your reaction to how you were born into it? But I think that it really is that case, and it's lovely to speak with you guys because it is the sense of, you know, you don't know anything different. It's just what life is. We all have different life experiences, and we all have to navigate it um, and so forth. Hell yeah, what age did you did you come to an understanding of maybe you weren't thinking as clearly as you'd like to, that, that there were some things going on in your in your head that you did you were trying to figure out how old were you what, ten, twelve, fourteen? Do you remember how old you are when it first occurred to you? Well, I say that I look back now with more of the knowledge behind yeah, the vocabulary yeah. and what you've used, right? I don't think at that age and that's where um, I think the importance comes from the conversations we have on the podcast is is speaking about mental health at such a young age is that it allows you to sort of validate where you're going through. Like if I knew back then that what I was experiencing was social anxiety, maybe I wouldn't have been so fearful of it. I just know that looking back at those moments in my life, there were definitely paralyzing moments where I didn't feel like I could go to school because I had such anxiety and I didn't know what that, I didn't know how to vocalize it and say it was anxiety. I just knew that I couldn't go to school and it was, frustration and it was confusion and it felt like I just physically my body would shut down on me that I could not go to school and I found other ways to be able to get through those days and those days were me in my art studio painting and creating and so um you know I I can say looking back now that I probably struggled with anxiety from you know the age of 11 12 years old I mean you know I I, I as as much as I, you know, as much as much as I can look back and give it a definite definite age, I definitely know that that feeling did hinder me at many times in my life, um, and that's why I feel like finally it's a beautiful blessing that I've been able to vocalize it and to talk about it a little bit more. Because as, as I said, I've always spoken about being a body activist and talked about body image, and that's always been sort of a sliver of I think the bigger picture of what really has implicated my mental well-being because of what makes sense to me is that when my mental well-being wasn't on track, the first thing that would go would be my body image. So the first thing that I would start would be my self-judgment, and mm -hmm. that would go towards my body. 
So that's why I encourage so many people in their daily practices to work on their mental well-being overall because that then trails into your sense of self. It trails into your idea of your self-image. It trails into your relationship with your body image and so forth. Kelly, the reason I asked you that is because, and you answered it, by the way, correctly, <laughs> because uh, I noticed I was 10 years old when it first started to really affect me. I mean, in a way that, what am I going to do? Yeah, you talked about being 11 years old, 10 years old, 11 years old. And the reason I even asked you that in the first place after going through it, I really wish that children as young as 10 and 11 didn't have to go through that. I wish they could get, you know, maybe at least mid-teens. And even that's really early because your brain doesn't even fully form until you're 25 years old. So it's awfully early to have to deal with that with such a, such a youthful brain, isn't it? Of course, but I think that it's more so about the confusion at that age, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, it's just the confusion of the emotions that are circling around you. And also there's a lot of direction off of like, don't be angry here, don't be happy here, don't be sad here. So I think you're confused on what to feel and when to feel it. At least that's my perception of what I've gone through. And I look back and I go, you know, the more and more that we can encourage children and young adults to be able to speak about their feelings in whatever way that is and whenever they're feeling it when they're feeling it it allows us to i think probably stop it from developing into a panic disorder or developing into you know an anxiety disorder and maybe it's be something where they have extreme stress that may cause into anxiety but if, as long as you can start to vocalize that, I think that we're in a good space. And, and looking at the stats and stuff and looking forward, it, it breaks my heart to think that there are so many kids out there who yeah. are just so confused about their emotions and don't feel safe enough in their households to be able to vocalize it before it becomes a crisis. And I think the crisis part is because they're just confused. They feel that they're not alone and that they feel like they're alone in, in what they're feeling and they don't know where to put that energy. They don't know where to put that emotion. And... So it starts, it starts with opening it up and opening it up in schools, opening it up in families, opening it up with your friend group and knowing that it's okay to open it up, like not feeling shame towards saying, I, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm dealing with depression or I think I'm dealing with anxiety or I think I'm dealing with a lot of anger inside me and I don't know where it's coming from, right? But whatever that is, just being able to get it out and being able to then find ways to hopefully work through it. And at that age, finding ways to work through it, sometimes video games are a great blessing. Sometimes, you know, getting your body moving is obviously key. So movement and PE is a huge thing. Yeah. And then oh, art yeah. and creativity. No question about it. Haley, I know you that you only have about 30 seconds left, but I want to tell you, I hope the people reach out and, and tell you how much they appreciate your openness and your honesty and your kindness because uh, you've got a good grip on this thing, and I'd love to talk to you again very soon, Haley. Thank you for your time today. Well, thank you. Thank you all. I'm so glad to meet you all, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You Haley Hasselhoff, ladies and gentlemen, new podcast, Redefine You. It's on the air now, available on most podcast platforms. Haley Hasselhoff, thank you again, Haley. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. We'll be back. Bye. With the family. <laughs>
As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. Haley Hasselhoff. She was a terrific guest. I thought she was right on the money, and I hope mm-hmm. people are grateful for her being so honest about it. You know? Yes. Absolutely. I didn't ask her this question, but I don't think Haley was the daughter. Maybe it was Haley, but I don't remember. But remember when, when her father was hammered, eating the hamburger on the floor of the oh, hotel? Yes. Oh, yeah. We all remember yeah. that. But that wasn't Haley, was it? It was his other daughter. I think it was like Kristen or Krista. Well, or she something. did mention her other sister. So, yeah. So I, uh, I don't know if that was a situation, but I was very impressed. Uh, Taylor. With Taylor, 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 that was the one who did it. Was his daughter that he yelled that out? Shot the, she shot the video. What eating the hamburger off the carpet? Yep, I do remember that. Oh, no question about it. But yeah, I thought she was a terrific guest. I really yeah, liked watching her that life. video of yourself would maybe make you think about what you're doing with your life. Yeah. <laughs> be time to back off the wheel and just a maybe little bit. A little. <laughs> Dial it back. Mm-hmm. You know that was a whole deal. But yeah. you know, to tell you the truth, a lot of alcoholism is based on this very same thing. The, yeah, the self-medicating. Trauma and, yep. Yeah, yeah, self-medicating the trauma in their life and all the rest. Yep. I think it's a lot more prevalent than people think. Think it is the, the nut job in your family. Well, it's interesting I, because yeah. now just just 
I mean, everybody has anxiety in their life, but right. now the fact that anxiety is just now all of a sudden that's a big problem for so many people. It's yeah, the norm. It right. It, mm. Yeah, it seems like that's just normal to be anxious. Everybody talks about their anxiety, their anxiety, their anxiety. Right. But right. it's 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 the point where it gets debilitating. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to have anxiety, yeah. especially during COVID and sure, yeah. all these economic things that are going <clears throat> on and political upheaval and all that stuff. People are just going to have it. But it's, it's when you can't go to a party or a dinner or a wedding because your anxiety is so bad. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's hard, too, because it's like, yes, anxiety medication is absolutely necessary and helps a ton of people, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I do think anxiety medication is one of the most over-prescribed things. Well, it is, for sure. Currently. You know because any Because, like you said, everybody has anxiety. And then they just can go to their doctor and be like, well, I'm anxious about this. And then their doctor will just give them, you know, an anxiety, a pill for anxiety. And then they're like, oh, well, now I'm better. And it's like there are so many other things that you can do for anxiety like in college i had like two day long panic attacks every month and i went to my doctor and she was like well you should see a therapist but i'm also going to give you a prescription for prozac and i oh, was like oh god you don't need yeah. prozac and i was like but i'm fine every because it was linked to my cycle and i was like i'm fine you know 28 days a month it's just these two days before my cycle that i just yeah no you um, don't want to start taking ssris and yeah and she was like she was like well and getting off them is not easy yeah because i'm and because that's and i was young and i was like it was just really weird that that was the thing you know i would have thought that she would have given me something like ativan or something to take when I felt the right. panic attack coming out. But Something she was just like, nope, acting, yeah. you're on Prozac They go right now. to the SSRI. Yeah, and she yeah. was like, well, and make sure you always take it. And if you want to get off of it, it's this process because it deals with oh, And I was God. just like, and I never took it. I never even filled the prescription right, because right, I was like, yeah. I don't need this. No. But I feel like so many people would be like, well, my doctor told me to, so this oh, is what yeah. I need, you know. And it's really hard because I took, I helped my anxiety through meditation through understanding my body and my brain i read a bunch about you know how the brain works and i yeah but you have to understand the comp and the everyday person's going to go to their doctor yeah and their doctor says well you need to learn how to meditate and i want you to read three books their doctor's never going to say that you, no because nobody's going to do that I most know. people well, want well, to take a pill exactly people most people want to yeah, take yeah. a pill 100 no, that's what i'm saying is people just want to like here's the what can i just quickly pop in my mouth and i'm fixed look i'm not saying that 99 percent of doctors like this but there are doctors out this out there they will prescribe whatever makes them the most money yeah, there's some, there, there's some not really great doctors out there that prescribe pill after pill after pill because they make a lot of money doing oh, 100%. it. 100. I have a, I have had a friend that was addicted to prescription painkillers because he had three different doctors that he would just go to and be like, well, my pain is still there and my pain, and they never would check like, what other pills are you on? They'd be like, well, right. here's just more pills. Mm-hmm. What's up yeah, there? I mean, there's no question about that. Well, to tell you the truth, Catherine, I've, what it was it been nine years since I stopped drinking now? Yes, I ordered. She did order it I already. I ordered them. I go get them in three minutes. I'll Where's go get my, them and I'll Where are my earmuffs? Somebody hungry? 
Okay. Go, now. Get in the, go in the tent and I'll go grab them. Go okay? get it now. Really? You can't come with me. Why? Because. Because you're a hun yuck. Because it's just too busy. <laughs> okay. I want to come with. I'll tell you when we're, when are, when they're ready. Okay. We only have a few more minutes. Yeah. We do. They're not ready right now. Three minutes. They're not ready yet, honey. So shut up and get back in the tent. Shut your <laughs> yapper. Shut your yapper. Shut your yapper. Shut your yapper. I told him to put. I told him to put something in his yapper, and now yapper is the funniest thing. Oh, you, in the got, whole like, you like yappers oh, now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Say, did you like a yapper? No, oh, he's focused he's on food. Roasting. He's just really he's focused. Roasting. Well, then get body. out of there. Well, it's, uh, it's so hot in there. Well, also, it's hot in here. Those, yeah, it is hot in here. here. Well, I did turn the thing on. Yeah. There's a lot of people okay. in here. And, yeah, okay. There's no airflow whatsoever. And I have one more thing that I was going to say that pertains yes. to what we were talking about with her. Was I... Love a parade. Love a, I do love a parade. But the talking about mental illness thing is just so interesting. Because there are so many people that are like, oh, people should be open about it. And blah, 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 blah. But then... You know, if you tell somebody, oh, I'm going to therapy, immediately people are like, well, what's wrong? Yeah. yeah. What's going on? What's happened? It's like, well, you could just be going for a little support with some, like, minor thing. Like, you don't have to be dealing with this horrible. Somebody's not here in their chair. It's your chair. It's for you. (laughs) Somebody's not in that. Yeah. Mr. Brody's going to be in that chair. That's very true. Um, You could sit in there for now. Yeah. You can well, because therapy is usually very expensive. Right therapy now. is covered you by insurance. Some most probably. Is it now? Most I didn't know insurance. That. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there you oh my God. know. He's the purse thief. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Okay. Sage and Fawny are here. Fawny's watching a movie, and Sage is being a pill. Sage, Sage is letting himself sh- be known. Go get your shoes on. We'll go get take, your sandwich. I thought you weren't going to take it with you. Go get your shoes well, on. I think it's well, better, in think everybody's it's better, best interest yes. for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he goes down Sadie, give me and a gets hug. the I was going to like hold the boundary and be like, no, get but over I here. think it would be get over detrimental. Here right yeah, I think he needs a sandwich. He seems to. He needs a Sammy. Do you need a Sammy? He's not talking to me. He's just, he's just laughing. Oh, here he comes for my hug. Yay. Well, that's the thing. It's like, and people don't, people think, people in therapy, it's like, well, you must have something horribly wrong with you. And it's like, so people don't want to go to therapy because they're like, well, therapy's for really messed up people and I'm not messed up. And it's like, no, that's not the case. And that's, it's the stigma of like, yeah. if you have a problem, then you're crazy. It's right. like, no, everybody deals with stuff that. I have many friends that are in therapy. They're like, every single person should be in therapy. Everyone. Because it's just so helpful for just, like, daily things. Well, you have a third party yeah. Yeah, that's not yeah. invested in well, how you, have, you used to be and how you're going to be yeah. in everyday life. And you life have a friend and, that's, like, marriage counseling sake. She's like, we wouldn't be together mm-hmm. still. And mm-hmm. I, have, I have a friend that she's like, we were talking to one of my other friends that got married more recently. And she was like, do you have a marriage... Uh, counselor marriage counselor yet and she's like we're not even married and she's like just get one because mm. it's just so helpful Same story, for yeah. you know but then if you tell somebody we're in counseling it's like are you gonna get divorced it's like no oh i know everybody okay. thought uh, whatever okay okay i'm gonna well, take this crazy mandy to say miserable yeah. failures let's be honest don't come over here you're going to get your sandwich clear yeah. off hey, oh. 
Oh, Sammy. No. Forget it. I don't want to talk to you, Bop Bop. I want to go get my Sammy. Let's go get a sandwich. Oh, Fonny's not going with him? No, she's watching She's something. watching her she's movie. She's very happy in her hut. She's she's in her hut watching a movie. She's good to go. She is. Um, God, I was going to make a point there, but I can't remember what it was. No, yeah, it's distracting was, with little children yeah. running around. Sage was busy socking me, so I, I, had to, I had a fist fight with him. So that was good. <laughs> no, I do like the fact that people like Haley Hasselhoff and a lot of other people stepped up and said, you know. Now, usually it doesn't work out this well because, uh, <clears throat> oh, what the hell's her name? She just died, unfortunately. She had a lot of anxiety problems. She played Princess Leia. Oh, Carrie oh. Fisher. Carrie oh, Fisher, yeah. yeah. Carrie she Fisher. had so many problems. And I inter- I talked to her, Jesus, Well, she 50 had drug addiction problem. problems is what she had. Drug addiction, anxiety. She had uh, she had a lot of problems from the family because, you know, her mom and dad and the whole deal. It just was hideous. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, you see that. And then she did die too young because that's kind of what happens. Well, how old was she? She was not very old when she died. She, I don't even think she was 60, was she? She was exact, almost exactly 60. She was oh. almost exactly 60, mm-hmm. and I thought that was true. She, had she actually turned 60 or was about to? She turned 60 two months prior. Oh, two months prior. So she died to be 60 years and two months old. That is not very old since I'd have been dead now about nine years. But anyway, uh, and that's part of the whole deal, by the way. A lot of people I grew up with died young because of exactly what Haley's talking about. The anxiety and the worry and the, they, you, you start drinking, you start taking the, you get a combination of the sleeping pills, the Xanax sleeping pills, the this, the that, the alcohol and the rest of it. You aren't going to live very long if you no. stay on that mm-hmm. road. I know somebody that has, carries around Xanax in her purse. Oh, really? Just in case she has a panic attack. Yeah. And ever since yeah. she started carrying it around, takes more. she doesn't have panic attacks. Yeah, it's... Oh, well, that remember what happened to me with flying. <clears throat> yeah. I hated flying. I was terrified of flying. And, you know, the day I did something, it went away and it's never come back. I don't need to drink. I don't need to take drugs. I don't need to do anything. I got life insurance. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That is weird. The fact that I knew if the plane crashed, the family would be okay. Okay, I'm fine. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because when I was having really bad, I don't know, like I couldn't sleep. I just couldn't. Yeah. I went to the doctor, and I, I think I think Alex is right. A lot of doctors are still in that whole stigma, but younger doctors that are like yeah, it does seem to be 30, the older doctors that are just like yeah, here have some uh, have some Zoloft. Are definitely like my doctor. <clears throat> she was like. Well, there's, like, meditation apps you can try where you can, like, just oh, sit good. calmly. Oh, well, that's good. She was, like, giving me all these options. But she was, because I was like, well, I kind of just want, you know, something in case, like, mm-hmm. anything right. doesn't work. So she's just like, well, here, do you want do you want it filled now? Do you want it not? And it was just, like, a really mild, um, like, pill. right over. She, she told me, she was like, try Unisom first. And if that doesn't work, this is, like, the next step up, but it's a prescription. So it's, like, really mild. And I never filled it because I tried all the things she, like, she gave me a piece of paper to take if I needed it. And I never, I ended up ripping it up because I ended up not using it. So, like, if people actually listen to their doctors and do the things that they want. That took forever. Right. It works. Right. (laughs) So yeah, Don't think, come over here again. Yeah, I think younger doctors now are trying to implement those 
more natural yeah. ways of well and, and there's so many degrees of anxiety right. like i was talking about i mean you know sleeplessness is sucks oh, but you shouldn't have to go so on zoloft he hit his fingers on right. the table i think he's hurt you know i think because that you have a little a bit. occasional insomnia <laughs> I want my, he took it. You tried, took a swing at Bop Bop and missed and hit the table, and now you're hurt. No, he's hungry. It'll be okay. I want my sandwich. <laughs> I want my sandwich. Okay. We all well. want my sandwich. Yes, we all want my sandwich. That's exactly right. But I think I think sitting here talking about this stuff in our family and her family and your family, I think it's very very helpful to people. Because when I was your age, nobody talked about it. No. They would not talk about mental illness no. or, or any disorder at all, actually. So there was this big stigma about, oh, because everybody in the, fan, in, the, in the neighborhood knew my dad was nuts. I mean, they all knew it. It was, it's quite obvious. You know, you get, you, you get hauled off like that. People tend to notice. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, neighborhood gossip goes real fast. But yeah. the great thing about that is, and I will tell you this again, whether it was the Laurent family or the Fisher family or you go to the O'Briens, the, the mothers and fathers in those families and other families too, a lot of other families, stepped up and were very, very kind to me, you know. It was not a situation where, oh, that guy, his dad's nuts, man. Stay away from that kid. His dad's crazy. They stepped up and said, Tom, you're a good kid. Don't worry about this. It was really, really nice what they did. Uh, almost every family, you know, just really terrific people which is what you like to see, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Having so, a support system is really key. He wants his sandwich. I, I would get, my his, guess is that he really wants his sandwich. Already. What kind of sandwich did you get, Sage? Poor, poor What kind of sandwich Sadie. did he get? Oh, ham and cheese. Yeah, I can see why he's so whipped up now. It's one of the best sandwiches. He's all jacked up. Did you tell him to put a little Canadian bacon on there too, Sagey? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Really that's true. It I don't is. know what it the difference is, except for they've got thickness? tiny little It's a round. thickness deal? It's a thickness yeah. Deal. I suppose that's true. But, yeah, I, I, once again, I, I, like I said, uh, just having Haley on and you guys talking about it and, you know, unless you're talking about your personal experiences, I mean, it's just helping people. That's the great thing about it is the more you talk about it, you're helping yourself. But as big a part of that is you're helping everybody else, too, that, you know, because yeah. they don't know what the hell's going on. What did he say now? I want my sandwich. Oh, my God, Sagey. Why don't you be a little... How about the word please? If you say please, you'll get it. I do have to say another thing that helps a lot is is research. Yeah, it does. If you, yep. if you really, really look up as much as possible with a level head and you don't just freak out when you see a symptom that you're you're just dumb and you're crazy and right. you're screwed like and you actually go and research thoroughly you're you tend to do better too because i think that's something that helps me too is just really researching everything and then confirming with a doctor as well like when you do that it, you, you tend to do better i think i think that's right i wonder if these days people would do what what like i said mr and mrs laurent and mr and mrs fisher and mrs mr and mrs o'brien they, you know, I remember the time Mr. Lorraine came to me, he puts his arm around my shoulder and he goes, Tom, I know the family's going through a lot of trouble, but we're very, very fond of you and we'll support you in whatever you need. I wonder if you did that now, if you could end up getting sued somehow for that. Probably. Or I wouldn't doubt it. Also, it, I think it's just like 
people are in their little box in their little house. Yeah. And they know that they have neighbors, and they know that their neighbors may have issues, but they don't really care anymore. Very like, true. One of our neighbors had something go on. He was drinking too much and was basically threatening to kill himself. Oh yeah. And you know, I reached out to his his partner, and I was like, "Is is he okay? Like, are you guys okay? Because like." The SWAT team showed up. Oh, <laughs> so that's it's just not good. like, yeah. And now they're—I mean, they see he seems to have been working on himself, and good. they're all getting back together, and they seem happy. So, just like reaching out and make sure, making sure you—you know—you're taking care of each other is important too. Indeed, we got to take a break here. That yes, was a do. hell of a good hour. Is Mike here? I don't know. Uh, we can go. We'll go out I and look at the lobby. Him. Mike Brody will be our special in-studio guest coming up right after this.